This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. This is Brother David Kahns of United Lodge No. 8, Brunswick, Maine, presenting to you, Volume 54, No. 10, October 1976. The Better Life Written by most worshipful and illustrious Brother Frederick H. Stevens, past Grand Master of the Philippines. Every man who succeeds in life has a goal, a dream he hopes will materialize. Paul wrote, Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. A student looks forward to the day he will become a lawyer, a doctor, or a business tycoon. An older man is contented and happy when he sees his offspring carrying on his dreams of long ago. Those who have dreams or visions without a definite plan are often failures. Those whose minds change like the wind will never receive plaudits as successful men. To make our dreams realities requires hard work. Otherwise, we will never reach the goal we are striving for, the better life. The better life, or the supreme good, is and should be the continuous life's work of our masonry. Brother Albert Pike's Morals and Dogma gives us many splendid ideas. And to sum them all up, the lessons taught are always to elevate the basic goodness of man. Rabbi M. Robert Sine, preaching the sermon at the Sunday Vesper service during the 1973 annual meeting of the Northern Supreme Council, said, The guidance we seek is found in a biblical statement written 700 years before the Common Era by the prophet Micah. He said, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This, then, is the ideal. This, then, is the master blueprint for the portrait of a mason. And therefore I say to you, this, then, is the road to the better life. Since I retired from business, I have more time to ponder over my many mistakes, my sins of omission made while I was active in Philippine masonry. I have come to the conclusion that my understanding as to what constitutes the better life would have been reached before this, if I had concentrated more on two books, the Bible and Henry Drummond's essay, The Greatest Thing in the World. The 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians contains the outline of the better life, and Henry Drummond's analysis of Paul's words is a clear-cut guide to the better life. What is the better life? Paul said in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, The greatest of these is love. Freemasons should recognize that the essence of the word love is stressed all through our rituals, from the first degree to the highest. We are counseled frequently by our ritualistic dramas that love should be our guiding star. Drummond wrote, Men were working the passage to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments and the hundred and ten other commandments they evolved out of them. Christ pointed out a simple way. If you love you will unconsciously fulfill the whole law. Those of you who are of the Jewish faith are taught how important love is in the Talmud. Love is the beginning and the end. 
Also, the book of Leviticus states, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The Muslims read in their Quran, All besides love is but words. All religions stress love as a true pathway to the better life. Just what do we mean when we say, Love thy neighbor? Does that mean I should love the dweller in the slums? The convict and the murderer? Yes, most emphatically yes. You must love the outcasts as well as your closest friends. Your love must be so powerful that you will insist that the slums will vanish, that murderers and robbers will be regenerated, as was the thief on the cross at Golgotha. Nothing is impossible if we have love. Let us define the meaning of the word as expressed here. In the dictionary, we find love defined in many ways from athletic terms to sexual lust. I write of love as man's adoration of God, of fondness for the dear ones close to us, and for a feeling of respect to all God's creatures, a feeling that prevents us from doing an unjust act toward anyone. Back in the 17th century, Jeremy Taylor wrote, Love is the greatest thing that God can give us. For himself is love, and it is the greatest thing we can give to God, for it will also give ourselves and carry with it all that is ours. The apostles called it the bond of perfection. It is the old and it is the new. It is the great commandment and it is all the commandments, for it is the fulfilling of the law. All through Paul's writing, he stresses love. If I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Peter wrote, Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. John wrote, God is love. All is summed up in that trenchant sentence, The greatest of these is love. What better goal to strive for in our masonry than to bring to a successful fruition a love for all mankind? We must be sincere in our love, for as Paul points out, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. We must be sincere. Drummond writes that love is greater than charity and that charity is only a little bit of love. How may we obtain our goal, the better life? Take love with you in all your work, in all your actions, in all your thoughts, and above all in your family life. You can take nothing greater. You should take nothing less. Dr. Earl S. Thompson of Pennsylvania State University found that there are 15 words which, if we use them daily, will foster better relationships among men. In other words, they will bring love into our daily lives. The words start with the phrase, I am proud of you. How often we forget to praise our fellow man for work well done. Then comes, what do you think? Ask the opinion of others. Let them know you value their thoughts. Then two phrases linked together, if you please, and thank you. How inconsiderate we often are, and how thoughtless when we accept service and kindly acts of others and don't express our appreciation. And the last word is we. That all-embracing we. Acknowledge the help of others, of your business associates, your partner in your games, your family. Don't shut out those who help you in the daily grind of work, no matter how little that help may be. Say, we did it, rather than, I did it. Drummond calls our attention to a group of words which he calls the spectrum of love in his analysis of Paul's writings. Paul's words were, 
love suffereth long, and Drummond's summed up the phrase as patience. Kindness for, and is kind. Generosity for, love envieth not. Humility for, love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Courtesy for, doth not behave itself unseemly. Unselfishness for, seeketh not her own. Good temper for, is not easily provoked. Guilelessness for, thinketh no evil. Sincerity for, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. If you have love, sincere love for your fellow man, you possess all these attributes. For if you have love, you will have patience. If you have love, you will be kind. If you have love, you will be generous. If you have love, you will be humble. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Love is courtesy and unselfishness. You may find it hard to believe, but if you have love, you will not lose your temper, and you will not think evil. We must give special attention to love envieth not, for which Drummond substituted generosity. Envy is a feeling of ill will toward those who have. It is a most despicable of all unworthy words, said Drummond. You and I, in our little closed circle of brothers and friends, should fight manfully to eradicate this blemish on our character. How often it is said, in a petulant tone of voice, he has more money, I envy him. He has been elected to a position I wanted, I envy him. Envy is dangerous. It will convert love to hate. The only greatness is unselfish love. With love, that all-embracing love, you cannot envy. Christ taught that there is no happiness in having or getting, only in giving. The Bible teaches, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, or bear any grudge. The Muslim is taught to forgive thy servant seventy times a day, and also to be just. You must never permit yourself to be classified as an ill-tempered man. Paul wrote, Love is not easily provoked. You must control your temper, and you can control it by love. A bad disposition is one of the most destructive elements in human nature. Drummond writes, The peculiarity of ill temper is that it is the vice of the virtuous. It is often the one blot on an otherwise noble character. You know men who are all but perfect, and women who would be entirely perfect, but for an easily ruffled, quick-tempered, or touchy disposition. This compatibility of ill temper with high moral character is one of the strangest and saddest problems of ethics. No form of vice, no worldliness, not greed of gold, not drunkenness itself, does more to unchristianize society than evil temper. For embittering life, for breaking up communities, for destroying the most sacred relationships, for devastating homes, for withering up men and women, for taking the bloom off childhood, in short, for sheer gratuitous misery-producing power, this influence stands alone. For a want of patience, a want of kindness, a want of generosity, a want of courtesy, a want of unselfishness, are all instantaneously symbolized in one flash of temper. 
I ask you to study these words and their interpretations daily, and I take the liberty to ask you to practice. If a man does not practice when he studies a language, he will be a poor linguist. If you do not work to reach the better life, you will never have the pleasure and satisfaction of a serene life. Build up your moral fiber, your character. Love is not a thing of enthusiastic emotion. It is a rich, strong, manly, vigorous expression of character. And the constituent of this great character is only to be built up by ceaseless practice. So I reiterate, if Freemasons would take the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians and Henry Drummond's essay, The Greatest Thing in the World, as their guide to a better life, and would follow the teachings expressed therein, we all could have a happier and more satisfactory life. And we would be better Masons and better citizens. Life is always an adventure into the realm of tomorrow. You and I may not reach our goal of a better life today, but we have tomorrow to try and try. We must remember that the quest of the better life must go on, for it is the great and most exciting adventure of our lives. It is not too late to start. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry. And this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions, and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.